President Trump gets permanently banned on Twitter and Parler has now been shut down. We're going to go through all of these things and more on The William Hall Show. I hope everybody had a great weekend. To be honest with you, this was probably one of the most stressful weekends I've had in a very long time. So if you follow me on Parlor, then you probably are already aware of the craziness that has been going down on that site. So as of right now, Parlor, if you try to access it in at any capacity, is completely shut down. You are unable to get access to this site. This is unprecedented, and, and there's a few reasons why. The biggest one is that Parler was set up as a site, as an alternative to Twitter. It, it, that was initially what it was. And I know a lot of people wanted to transition from Facebook to Parler, but that really wasn't the overall goal. It was a free speech site that was set up to basically just be an alternative to Twitter, where people were able to freely speak about different things. Now, this drew a lot of the attention of Christians, of a lot of people that have been worried or unable to voice their opinion on Twitter because they were getting suppressed because of it. Now, Twitter decided to ban Trump, and that has kind of led to a just a landslide of problems for Parler, along with other sites. So, the biggest thing to actually take place this, this entire weekend is that Parler has gone down, and that's uh, just as of Sunday night at midnight. So not all that long ago, Parler is now unavailable for anybody to download, to access. Now, I had 85,000 followers on there, and that's all completely gone because of the fact that they don't want for anybody to have a platform whatsoever. So as you can imagine, it's quite tough to sit here and talk about big tech censorship and trying to forge a path, trying to be the new media when we are constantly getting shut down over and over again, just as soon as we start seeing some level of success. And uh, so, yeah, it, and, and there are people that are hurt a lot more than me. Um, I'm, I'm not too worried about it, to be honest with you, and I'll give you some updates as to what Bongino has said about it, because John Matz put out a post last night, and it, it didn't really instill too much confidence on their future uh, plans, and, and obviously you don't want to reveal too much, because they already made that mistake, so basically, Apple has taken Parler off the entire store, Google has taken Parler off of their entire store. Now, this isn't that big of a deal besides just making it a little bit tougher to access. Now, Google, you can actually sideload apps onto your phone. So you actually don't really need the Google App Store to be able to get access to certain platforms or apps or whatever it is that you want to use. You can make your own app if you wanted to and just put it on any phone and just put a link out and anyone can download it. Now, the, the truth of, of all of this is that this really all started with Trump getting banned on Twitter. And and basically from there, it's just, like I said, been this downslope uh, kind of running pace of, of everything being entirely out of control. Now, Trump was banned. His uh, the, the POTUS account on Twitter was banned. I, I mean, there, there's like a list of all of the things that Trump was basically banned from. And I mean, we're talking 
Spotify. Like, like, what are they scared that he's going to start dropping some tracks or something? I mean, come on, people. Like, it's some of the stupidest things they, they basically ban him off of at this point. And after that, of course, everyone wanted to leave Twitter. Plus, Twitter was also reducing the amount of followers that a lot of people had. Now, I mean, and they went and after Trump, there were at least 15 to 20 prominent Twitter accounts completely taken off of the site. I mean, just completely suspended. We weren't they weren't given a reason or maybe it was a specific tweet that they had out. But I mean, they went for everybody. Terrence K. Williams is one of the most recent ones. As of uh, yesterday, uh, black conservative does a lot of you know, like comedy and things like that, completely taken off of the site. How in the world that makes any sense? I don't understand because I don't see why he's offensive at all. He hasn't done anything offensive. And, and yet even he is unable to create a platform on Twitter. This hurts us. This hurts people that are trying to have a voice. This hurts people that are trying to make a living that are trying to do anything like that. Now, after, like I said, Trump was banned, you had a bunch of at least 20 or so accounts that were prominent accounts taken off immediately, and then everybody ran over to Parler. And Parler saw this massive influx. And of course, Gab, another alternative uh, to Twitter, which has been around much longer than Parler, was also getting inundated with a ton of traffic. But Parler was really the focus of all of this. Everybody that wasn't there was going there now. And everybody was talking about it. And of course, Apple, Google, they can't have that. So so their justification, by the way, for taking down Parler was that they were blaming the Capitol protest that happened, the, the riots and whatnot, on Parler. And they said that it was Parler that basically organized this. It, it was it was they allowed for this organization of this event to take place. Which is a blatant lie, because if you've ever used Parler, you'll know that there's no way to even actually organize an event there. There's no group message. There are no groups. You are unable to even add more than one person into a conversation in, at any capacity. So th the most that can happen is that there might be one person that maybe said something about it, but but from what I saw, and I've been on Parler a long time, there's no way for that to happen. And, and even if they did organize to the sense of going there, you can't take them off and accuse them for the violence. I mean, you're literally blaming or or punishing the, the everybody for the actions of a few people, which is absolutely ridiculous because how does that make any sense? You can't just remove an entire company because of what some one person did. And the reason why I'm saying that is because that is exactly what they've been doing with Twitter for the past four years. Kathy Griffith, uh, or yeah, she, she basically came out and she had a picture of Trump's head being cut off with all this blood over it. That tweet, they allowed it to stay up still up to this day. You had, I forgot the guy's name, but basically he, uh, after some of the controversy was going on on Twitter, basically said, I'm going to burn it all down if Amy Coney Barrett gets accepted to the Supreme Court. I mean, that tweet's still up. That guy's still there. You know, and, and when people have gotten shot, I mean, it's almost like they just have completely overlooked BLM, Antifa, and what we dealt with in 2020. Everybody talks about how crazy 2020 was. 2020 was crazy because of the fact that you had unhinged Democrats going out, doing all this ridiculous stuff, and not getting punished for it. I mean, Kamala Harris herself said, hey, look, please donate money so that I can help bail out People that were in the protest, people that basically got arrested because they were being violent or not obeying the law. 
That was Kamala Harris, the the now to be vice president that was trying to actively bail out people that were involved in riots and looting during the BLM protest. And you're going to take down Parler because it was inciting violence? I don't know what could be more inciting to violence than to say, I'll, hey, if you go to jail, I've got some money here to bail you out. This whole situation is ridiculous. So Apple, Google, take down the Parler app. Then that's not that big of a deal. As I mentioned, you can sideload the Google app. There's ways to jailbreak the iPhones and the iPads to be able to still access what you need to get access to. But the craziest thing was that Amazon Web Services has now taken down, or basically on Saturday, they said, hey, look, in 24 hours, Sunday night at midnight, we're taking your entire site down. We're taking your web service down. Now, this is the statement directly from Amazon. They said Amazon suspended Parler from its web services unit for violating, or I'll just say AWS for short, but AWS's terms of service by failing to effectively deal with a steady increase in violent content, according to an email by the AWS trust and safety team to Parler. Um, now, here's the thing. Putting up anything that's violent or saying anything that's inciting violence on Parler is, is not allowed. You know why it's not allowed on Parler? Because that's against the law in real life. Okay, anything that's against the law is also not allowed on Parler. In other words, they allow for anything as long as it is legal. Anything that is illegal, it doesn't matter where you go, that's not allowed. Gab can't allow it. Parler can't allow it. No one can allow it. But yet, they still took him down. And, and that's the problem is that they, John Matz, the CEO of Parler, said, hey, I reached out to them and I, and I said everything that I could and I, I tried to work with them and told them that there's no way to organize. We've done everything legally. And they still took us down. Now, for those that are probably getting a bit worried, this isn't the biggest issue in the world. And the reason why is because Parlor does have so what we will call bare metal products. What, what that does mean is that they have actual hardware in-house servers to a degree. And now, I've seen everybody on, uh, a lot of people on Twitter that are kind of either Gab or Parlor, Gab or Parlor. But the, but the reality is, is that Gab right now is still slow. Gab's going to be slow for another three weeks probably. Okay? And the reason why is because they only have their own servers. Okay? When you only have your own servers, you are forced to basically have to literally go out and buy new ones and literally install all of them and then get those integrated into your system or your infrastructure. If, if that, that process by itself just takes a while. When you have a cloud service like, Am like Amazon, although they've obviously abandoned Parler now, when Parler got just slammed with traffic... They could just call Amazon up and say, hey, give us 50 more servers. Put them online. And then they it just basically goes through and it works. And then all of a sudden they can handle the traffic and they're just paying a little bit more money, whatever their subscription or whatever it, where, whatever it is. But the thing is that this isn't it. Now, John Matz, I was waiting for a post from him all day yesterday because, you know, Paula was about to get taken down. So literally an hour before uh, everything went down on Parlor. John Matz put out a statement, and I, I don't have the exact one here right this second, but basically what he was saying is that it's going to take longer than they thought to bring everything back. We don't know how long that's going to be. But the good news that was kind of in the statement, too, is that they have collected all of the, all of the data they need, which means that when Parler does come back, 
nothing's going to be lost, at least to my knowledge. Everything that was there will still be there, um, at least th that I know of. I don't know if that means our posts will still be there or videos that were uploaded will still be there or if the followers and people that we were following will still be the same. But uh, at least as far as what the app is, is still available um, while they look for a new host because Amazon was only hosting the site. Um, it was not trying to, it was not the, the inner workings of actually how parlor works. Therefore it's actually transferable. Had this been another company that say fully relied on Amazon's web services, they'd be completely done now. They, they would have to start over and it would probably take so much time and so much money and effort that they would just entirely give up. That was what Amazon's in intent was. So now of course you have people out trying to boycott Amazon and boycotting Apple, boycotting Google. Now, for the time being, I'm going to be on Gab. Now, the Gab CEO hasn't made exactly the best comments towards Parler. Like I said, it seems to be kind of like a, they're trying to divide us more than they are unite us for whatever reason. But I still would rather be there for the time being for those that would like to communicate with me. It's just gab.com slash William5849 where you were able to find me before. And while we're on this subject, just a quick reminder as well that this show is available through Spotify, through Anchor as well, through for the audio-only version. And you can also donate to the show if that's what you want to do as well to support what I do here in this extremely tough time right now on Patreon, which you can find me with the link in the description of this video. But with all of that being said, this is a dark day for our country and for what it means to be online. Right now, what really made me the most mad or upset about this entire situation is looking back at 2017. If you don't already know, 2017 was when Republicans basically had a unified government. We, we had everything. We had the House, we had the Senate, and the presidency. And, you know, they brought in the tech people, Jack Dorsey, Mark Zuckerberg. They brought, brought them in at the time. And nothing happened. Or at least they wanted it to seem like something happened, but that's, in reality, nothing actually came out of that. What you got was Ted Cruz slamming them and giving them all these nice sound bites that sound so good to us. And we're like, yeah, get them. You know, but, but what did it amount to? Three years later, we're out here looking crazy. And now most people have gotten their stuff taken away. And, and it doesn't look very bright. For the future of what's going on now i do have faith in parlor uh bongino on a show today basically said that they should be back in a few days i don't know if that's going to change i uh, there has been somewhat of a communication issue i believe between bongino and the john mats and the developers because john uh, bongino before the site basically completely went down from parlor put out a post basically saying for, telling everybody to go invite your friends to join parlor and at that time, J John and the developers already shut down registration because they found a bunch of trolls trying to join at the same time. So how much can we trust what he's saying? I don't know. But I do know that Bongino's entire career is, is, is basically based off of the success of Parler right now. He already said he wasn't going to go back to Twitter. So right now, if Parler doesn't come up soon, he's basically putting his career on the line for it. So I, I do believe what he's saying is correct and, and with him saying that it'll be back in a few days and we'll just have to trust and take it at his word because he's the only person that we can really hear from during this time. 
Um, as I mentioned, I'll be on Gab and I'll try to continue to do what I'm doing there and not put all of my eggs into one basket just in case. But Parlor has always been my home. I'm extremely thankful for Parlor because if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. It was only them that provided me a platform and there was no way that I'd be able to grow at all on Twitter based off of the, the way that things are there now. I mean, you have to either follow for follow your way up or you're basically just sitting there with maybe a couple hundred followers and just hoping for the best that maybe one day one of your tweets just kind of goes viral. But on Parler, everything was set up around engagement. As long as you engaged, you were able to grow. And it created an opportunity for me that I never thought I'd have uh, in just under six months. So regardless... I'll keep you updated on this, uh, probably through shorter videos, unless something really major happens, but we'll have to see what happens. But it looks like on the staying positive or optimistic side, probably should be back this week. On the skeptical side, it may take up to a month, but I doubt it'll be that long. I think once the kind of heat blows over, it'll be back and running and we'll be, and it'll be like nothing ever happened. So I'll definitely keep you updated on that. House Democrats are going to file another article of impeachment against Trump. And this is just the icing on the cake for them, to be honest with you. So the article here says House Democrats released the single article of impeachment that they will file against President Trump on Monday for allegedly inciting what they claimed was an insurrection last week when a riot broke out at the U.S. Capitol building following a rally the president held. Now, the, the article of impeachment that they're basically trying to file here is willfully made statements that encouraged and foreseeably resulted in imminent lawless action at the Capitol. They're, they're saying that this was incited by Trump. The, the mob unlawfully breached the Capitol, injured law enforcement personnel, interfered with the joint session. So they're, they're putting all of this here. And, and there's a longer statement that goes into more of what's going on, but it's basically just a bash trying to blame Trump for what happened. Now... If you watch the speech, I, I basically played all the, the important portions of the speech that Trump gave that day. And, and the most the thing that they were most upset about was where he said, we will not concede. How in the world is that inciting violence? Once again, we talked about Kamala Harris basically saying, hey, guys, I'll bail you out. I mean, could you imagine a world where Trump came out and after this said, hey, all of the people that went to jail, help me raise money. I'll bail you out, guys. Don't worry about it. Could you imagine the outrage? Because it would be insane. Now, they're putting it as inciting an insurrection, and the House is going to vote on it later this week. Now, why is this happening? Because if you recall with anything about how impeachments go, it takes a while, it's like two weeks to deliberate and deal with this stuff in the House to actually even do anything, and Trump's going to be out of the White House in less than two weeks. So what's the point of all of this? Really what they're trying to do is get this slam through as fast as possible so they can keep him from apparently running in 2024. Now, on its face, this is stupid. It's a waste of time. I don't think they're going to be very successful with it because really all this is is trying to say they, after all, if they manage to pull this off, what they're going to come out and say online, all the headlines are going to say Trump was impeached twice. He's the only president to be impeached, whatever. You know, they're, they're going to do this every day. Because this is more about ruining Trump's name than it is about actually trying to put anything forward or to actually move forward beyond what's already been done. Like, they won, but that's not good enough. 
they have to drag him through the mud. See, they want to pretend as if they want this to be some peaceful transition, but they want to drag Trump out kicking and screaming. That's what they want. This is not a matter of trying to somehow be nice or to try and just accept the win and move on and just say, okay, we got what we wanted, you know, regardless of whether there was cheating in this election or not, we got the result we wanted. Let's move on. Let's, let's move forward and heal as, as Biden likes to oftentimes say, but they're not doing that here. That's not, that's not happening at all. It's almost like they're just rubbing it in his face over and over again and then hoping for the best. I mean, that that's basically what's happening. How in the world can they justify this over and over again? I mean, the first impeachment was a sham. I mean, that, that was once again all about optics. We knew that at the time. It was just to make him look a certain way. And, of course, now they have to go and put this in place as well because, well, why not? Because we can. That, that's all that it is. This is just another portion of how Democrats are basically just out to get Trump no matter what. And if you think this is going to end on January 20th, you're wrong as well. It'll just be getting started. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they start filing lawsuits. Their goal is to get this guy in jail. Over what? Whatever they can find. Because that's the way that they want to leave this. You know, they, the Nancy Pelosi has been the worst person in dealing with this whole supposedly peaceful transition. She doesn't care about trying to heal. Biden doesn't care about healing either. All they care about is trying to make conservatives look as bad as possible, no matter what they have to do. This is just an abuse of power, but we're already used to that, aren't we? I mean, we've seen Twitter leverage their abuse, their power to abuse users to delete their accounts with no explanation. We've seen big tech and Bigger companies like Amazon you abuse their power and basically tell the company you, you're not allowed to operate. Now, with that being said, too, uh, Parler will be filing a lawsuit against Amazon. That was announced earlier today. We'll see where that goes. I mean, can we trust the courts at this point? I don't know. Do they have a case? I don't know. Because it's a tough time where we can't even really trust the courts to do what they're going to do. To actually look at the evidence. I mean, they already have all of the validation from Amazon based off of what Amazon wanted that probably doesn't violate these things, but they still took them down. And now they've ruined their chances to even be able to get service back up from other companies. So that's what they want to do. It's always going to be about trying to make us look as bad as possible. And it's always going to be about trying to demonize everything that we want, everything that we strive to do strive to achieve, strive to build. They tell us, well, we don't want you on Twitter. So we build our own. And of course they shut that down. I mean, there's no end to the games that they can play with this. I mean, they can shut down your email. They can keep you from calling somebody. They'll keep you from texting someone. They can shut down your ISP. You won't even be able to access the internet at all. Forget the VPN. You can't access the internet. There's so many things that are, that are being done right now to basically tell people that they cannot have a voice. Like I said, this is totalitarianism in, in a nutshell. It's this overarching government and, and, and body that's basically saying, you can't talk. 
We control everything that you do. It doesn't matter if you move over here, if you go over there, we'll find you and we're going to shut you down no matter what. That's the scary and dangerous part about all of this. The last thing I wanted to say about all of the tech censorship that has taken place over the course of this weekend is to specifically to the Democrats or the people who feel like this was a good idea to basically take down an entire platform based off of the notion of what you might think or what they might think was some kind of activity that they didn't approve of. The message that I have for those people is that you are next. Why do I say that? Because the fact is, is that Twitter, believe it or not, was only Twitter because there was a left-wing majority and conservatives on there just enough to keep things interesting, to make people feel like they had something to rail against. But the fact is, is that the Democrats need us more than they think they do. And the reason why is because when left up to their own devices, cancel culture devours whatever is there. Now, cancel culture, I'm of course referring to whenever you have a mob or a group that comes out to basically attack something that they apparently disagree with. That is what I'm referring to. It's happened to many conservatives before. But the fact is, is that if Twitter boils down to being nothing but an echo chamber of left-wing people, they're going to have to find something to be upset about. Because, believe it or not, we weren't wrong when we said that a lot of these people on Twitter spend their entire day looking for something to be upset about. They live their lives to be upset. That is the way that they function. It's what else can I be so mad at? There has to be a combating evil in this world that they have to fight against. Who do you think that's going to be next? When they've gotten what they want, who do you think is actually next on the list? It's going to be centrist. It's going to be Democrats who just said the wrong thing. It's going to be their people that they may have considered as a friend, people that may have laughed at this very parlor situation. This parlor situation has happened recently. Those same people are going to be the next on the list to getting canceled, to getting their Twitter accounts taken down, to getting their Twitter accounts deleted. This, there is no left-wing utopia. See, the fact is that there's no right-wing utopia. There's no nobody utopia. Until you get to heaven, this earth is always going to be flawed. There's always going to be opposition. But the problem is that when you start going out there thinking that by suppressing speech, suppressing what people have to say, that you were somehow helping to create this, I don't know, this environment where you don't have to be stressed out or something, then you're out of your mind because there'll always be something that you're going to be looking for. Some, some people just legitimately enjoy being upset at things. They love to be outraged. They won't admit it, but it's true based off of their past behavior because they always find themselves trying to cancel something or to get somebody booted off a platform until they get their way. But the fact is, is that you can only be a Democrat when you have a conservative there, somebody that you can be upset at. And if you don't have that, you're just going to be attacking your own. You're going to eat, they're going to eat their own in no time. Just wait and see. And then they're going to be wondering, and maybe most of them will wise up and realize why this was a bad idea from the very beginning. Now, with that being said, 
there's still a lot of people that are still on Twitter, conservatives, big name people that are still there. How long they'll be there, I don't know. But I am keeping, once again, a very close eye on the people that have that are still on there that have been fairly silent, that have not really said much of anything in recent times that would possibly get them banned. Is it because they're just bowing to the left-wing overlords of Twitter? Probably so. But either way, we'll have to wait and see exactly how all of that shakes out. But I am of the opinion that this isn't over. There's no silencing half the country and then thinking that somehow you're going to get away with it. It doesn't matter where that's at. We can go anywhere we need to go. There's always going to be a platform available for us somewhere. And I know that it can be tough for a lot of people to have to be switching around. I mean, I don't want to do it either. I don't want to be jumping from Parler to Gab to to CloudHub and all of these other places over and over every single day just because something went wrong all of a sudden. I mean, you put a lot of work into anything and to see it all kind of disappear over the course of one night, uh, as tough as it is. But then to jump on somewhere else and just to see that fail is also tough. To the people at Gab that are... The, or the CEO of Gab and the people that are influencers on Gab. Don't attack people on Parler because of the fact that they got funding and you didn't, <laughs> right? The, we, we ought to be uniting over these things. If we have free speech platforms that can't even get along, how in the world do we expect to be able to fight against the people that are trying to destroy both of us? So regardless of what, what, what their opinion of it is, we ought to be able to unite over the fact that we believe in free speech no matter how and what way we want to implement it or if we choose to have an app or if it's sponsored or supported by someone else, it doesn't really matter. We should be able to both exist and coexist in this space together and be fighting for each other to have the platforms that we have. And the last kind of point that I have is that, you know, back in the times of Jesus Christ, the fact is that he would have gotten censored if there was a twitter back then that would have been their move is to take him off of twitter to take him off of parlor to remove him from every space that he had available to him to make sure that no one could hear what he had to say to spread the truth to the people but the fact is is that god moves and works in a consistent way And we have to believe that God is going to provide us a way out of this. Because speaking the truth about whether that's from politics to culture to Christianity is is always going to be met with criticism. There's never going to be a day where it's just perfectly fine to say whatever you want and people don't rail against you in some way. But the fact is, is that I'm tired of hearing from other people, trust the plan, trust the plan. Look, I'm going to trust God's plan. That's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to rely on Q, Linwood, or anybody else to just say stuff all day while we wait for something to happen. Too many people have put their trust in a lot of these other things and not in what it should be in. But the fact is, is that God has a plan. And through the tough times, we sometimes, including myself, are challenged to see what, what, is, what is God trying to teach me right now? What is it that 
God wants me to learn in this process. And, and take that and try to use it as time to figure out where we should be, how we should go about growing our audiences or speaking to people or what, however it is that we want to go about doing it. But that is what we have to be basically trying to figure out. This isn't over. It never is over. We'll always have an avenue for being able to converse amongst ourselves and to be able to build an audience and to be able to just enjoy having the freedom to say what it is that's on our hearts and what's on our minds. And although it is tough, no one's going to deny that. No, no one, they'd be lying if they're saying that losing an account like of that size or anything like that would be some easy feat. It's not, it is tough. But I trust in something greater than the amount of followers on an app or something that's bigger than the amount of people that may retweet or echo a post that I have out. I know that God has a plan for all of us. And what we ought to be doing now is praying for this country, praying for these these sites to be able to thrive and allow for Christians and conservatives to have a platform to speak the truth, to spread the gospel, to do things that we know are right. That's what we should be aiming and focused on doing during this downtime right now. That's definitely what I'm going to be doing. So with that, I leave you with all of this. And I just wanted to thank each and every one of you for watching this show, for listening to this show. It's tough becoming a conservative voice out there, out of nowhere, especially when the platform that you kind of grew on is completely gone right now. So I thank all of you for what you do. And the best thing that you can do to help me out, really, is to share these videos, to subscribe to the Rumble channel, wherever you get your podcast. Go there, review it, listen to it, whatever you want to do, but share it. Make sure that we can be the new media. Because I believe that this election obviously was stolen on the backs of maybe some a lot of fraud, a lot of uh, just dip rules changing at the last minute. But let's not forget that the media stole this election too. That the media deceived many, many, many people, many more than we'll ever know, into believing a lie. And that it's our job to set that record straight. So I don't care if it's me, if it's Bongino, if it's anybody else or any other conservative speakers out there. Let this be the new, let us be the new media. Let us come out and actually tell you the truth about what's going on so that we're not relying um, on these other legacy platforms that have failed us time and time again. So with that, I thank you for watching, and I'll see you on the next one. You just watched an episode from The William Hall Show. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe.